And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, that the finished work keeps on working. It's a done deal, but the deal is still not done in a lot of our natural circumstances. And so we have to trust that the Lamb of God is still working things uh, perfectly and according to His plan. And that's why that whole thing, uh, God gave Jesus as a gift to you. Jesus gives us as a gift to God what I was teaching this morning. And, And the gift is all about the finished work of Jesus. You know, our salvation, it's a done deal. And, and that's what that verse uh, was put up. In fact, let's, let's go to that verse. It's a cool verse. It's Hebrews 10, verse 10. Hebrews 10, verse 10. It says, By, uh, by, that, we, uh, by that will, the will of God, by that will, the will of God, we have been sanctified. We are sanctified. We, we are set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So this is speaking of the cross. It's a done deal. It's a, a finished work. Jesus said it is finished. It's a, it's a finished work once and for all. We've been sanctified. That comforts me. I, I like that. Look at a couple of verses later. Hebrews 10 verse 12. But this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice... For sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. You know, he's the high priest of the new covenant. You know, he can't be the high priest of the old covenant. Because he was in the wrong tribe. The book of Hebrews points that out. So if you're trying to live an old covenant mindset and have your righteousness based on your obedience to the law, Jesus can't even qualify to be your high priest. He's of the wrong tribe. He's of the tribe of Judah. So in the new covenant, he offered a sacrifice for sins forever. Think about that. It amazes me. And this is what's so beautiful and astonishing about the gospel. He he, he did a finished work once and for all. And he sat down. He sat down at the right hand of God. What's he doing there? Hanging out with the Father, you know? He's praying. He's praying for me. That really makes me happy. He's praying for you. With your headaches, your heartaches, the frustration, the pain, the situations of life. The circumstances of relationships and family and this and that. We all could tell all of our stories and we could be here for the next 4,000 years telling stories of just nuances in life that we don't know how to figure out. But the beautiful thing, in the mystery of Christ, we have a testimony of the hope that's in us. That the finished work keeps on working. Look a couple verses later in verse 14 of Hebrews 10. For by one offering, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And it says four verses earlier, we we are sanctified through the offering of his body. Think of that. We are perfected forever, not in our flesh life, but in our new creation. Our spirit man. You're, you're, you're eternally righteous. And it's all gift-based. It's the gospel of the gift. God gave Jesus as a gift to you. And like we read this morning, it's an indescribable gift. There's not human language for proper expression. That's why I thank God, those of us who've been baptized in the Spirit, we can speak in the Spirit sometimes just out of joy. I got nothing else to say except I'm redeemed. 
And it's all gift. I understand my righteousness before the Father is all gift. And I like it that way. I like it that way. I am confident in Him, in Him alone. And so this, these kind of passages really describe what some would call the finished work of Jesus. It's a once and for all done deal. And that's, that secures your heart. That, that renews your mind to the beauty of your salvation and your redemption. But we have to realize that the finished work keeps on working. And that's what believers announce. See, Jesus in the upper room when he showed himself alive and after the resurrection, he said, hey, handle me and this, that and the other. And then he said, go and announce the news of the remission of sins to the nations. It's in Luke's gospel. Read the account in Luke's gospel. Announce the news of the remission or the forgiveness of sins to the nations. And so the book of Acts then highlights how people like you and me, believers, gathered together when the church was born and, and Jesus ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit. Remember in Acts 2 and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues, as the, uh, other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But it says that they're going to be witnesses in Acts 1. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will witness Jesus. You will witness unto Jesus all over the world. You know, in your local neighborhood, in your outer surrounding neighborhoods, and all over the world. And that's what I think the, the, the equipping is for, is for us to realize that the finished work keeps... On working, let me explain uh, what I mean by this. Recently, uh, I had some challenges uh, in ministry and uh, some of our campuses with flooding. And uh, in the Philippines, uh, you know, they have like monsoons or typhoons or whatever. You know, I, I've been there before. In fact, Pastor Bill Winston was there with me one time. I had like 25 people. This is many years ago. And one of these monsoons, typhoons, whatever they're called, came in. While, while our plane was landing from our, our conference team in General Santo City back to Manila. And we were the last plane they let touch down. And the time we touched down, the water filled the whole airport and the runways, like four feet high. We sat on the plane for hours before the water could recede, where they could get buses out there to come and get us. And the whole place was closed down. It was really miserable. And uh, so these... But we had, we had some range like that, and it flooded... Uh, like our life home and different things. So I had to build a, a culvert, which was um, 147 feet. So like, like 50 yards, like half the length of a football field, you know, in front of everything and help uh, deal with water, a four-foot diameter, you know. And uh, so I had some problems like this, and I didn't know how, how to do some of these things. And then another one of our campuses, the same thing, a terrible flooding and destroyed a lot of things. And so... Uh, what the Lord did is he surprised me in my pain because I was, I was really kind of ticked off and frustrated. And, uh, and so what happened was uh, the Lord surprised me. I got a call to go do, do this ministry. So I canceled some other ministry, go do this thing. And it put me in a place where I could calculate some things and think. And then God began to do some things and put things together for me, like supernatural things. It's like he was working. And I wasn't even asking him for it. He was just working. And so I was driving back in my rental car to the uh, Chicago O'Hare Airport to catch a flight to Los Angeles. And I was just kind of fellowshipping with the Lord, which is my normal, you know, kind of chit-chat way, you know. He, he's the gift. I ask the gift. The gift gives me. 
That's what I taught you this morning. The gift gives me whatever I, whatever I need. The gift gives me. It's gift-based. It's not be, me being good enough. It's, not, it's, it's gift-based. And so uh, I was just amazed. And I talked to Heidi on the phone. I said, God's just orchestrated some stuff. And he's done some things. And I'm not as overwhelmed. I have a sense of peace like God's taking care of things. And then I had this phrase come out of my spirit. God, you do good work. God, you do good work. You ever tell somebody, boy, you do good work. I I like to tell people they do good work. And um, I like to see, you know, people excel in their their craft or whatever. but, But I just found this phrase leaping from my spirit. God. You do good work. You know, the finished work was a good work. You know, creation, God says, was a good work. He looked at all his works and he said it was good. It was a good work. But the finished work was a work that's the indescribable gift. There's no language for it, but it captures your soul. And you say, God, you do good work. You do good work. I'm redeemed. I've been forgiven. I'm sanctified. I have an eternal redemption. It's a beautiful thing. God, you do good work. But it's, it's hard to describe. It's, 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 it's about that gift that we're given in Christ Jesus. But it's this finished work that's a good work that keeps on working. And so what I'm trying to teach myself, and I'm trying to teach others now and then, is how to continue to believe that the finished work keeps on working. And that's really a lot of the lyrics of your songs tonight, where God is going to work further and ongoing and more. And don't settle. Don't, don't live overwhelmed. Don't be discouraged. But understand that the finished work keeps on working. And this is really what uh, the book of Acts is about. How people who received the gift, let the gift do a work in their midst. And, and this, is, this is what I find in my life now. The gift of the love of the Lamb keeps on working through me. And it's, 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 it's supernatural. It's not something you try to orchestrate. It's not something you have to even figure out because you can't figure it out anyway. It's part of the mystery of Christ at work. But it's a beautiful thing just being absolutely intoxicated with the gift of God. Where your mind is so thrilled, your heart is so renewed with the gift of the Lamb of God. Look at uh, Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Maybe this little testimony can remind you of some of our little testimonies at times. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, the prophet's question, O Lord, how long shall I cry? Have you ever, have you ever thought, you know, I've shed enough tears over this? There's been enough weeks, enough months, enough years for some people. They, they, they're broken over things forever and ever. How long will I cry? And you will not hear. Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity cause me, uh, and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There's strife. There's contention. It arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. And the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgments proceeds. 
Do you ever do you ever feel this way about life or situations or family environments or even even our world right now, you know? These kind of things. So the Lord replied to the prophet's request or his his questions. The Lord's reply was, Look among the nations and watch, and be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. Have you ever had a situation that was so (laughs) depressing to you? And yet God just intervened and the mountain was moved. The problem was solved. The healing came. The financial breakthrough was there. I have. You know, I can testify through all the brokenness of my life and challenges in our ministry or my personal life with family. I have testimonies of the grace of God breaking through. And there was no good reason for it except He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And He's going to take care of me. And we have to believe that. Look at it goes on to say this is, this is really the truth. So uh, the truth concerning you, the truth uh, concerning every other believer everywhere is God is at work and God is working now. Even when it looks bad, even when you have all this negative uh, uh, worldview like the prophet had, God is working in the mess. He's working in the mess. My wife Heidi and I, we've been talking uh, recently about different challenges of our uh, ex- our family, our extended family. And, uh, you know, we've got some real doozies of, of problems. And, uh, you know, the, we have to come to the place and say, Heidi, listen, let's just stop the conversation for a season. Let's breathe and let's believe that God is working now. God's working now. Because you have proven, I have proven, we can't fix what we're talking about. We've tried. We can't fix them. Our counsel is not needed. Our counsel isn't agreed with their heart. So let's believe God is working now. And sometimes you have to live your life in the mystery of believing that God is working. That the finished work keeps on working. And you hold your head up high. You sing a song and be like Pastor Mark. Do a dance and videotape it of yourself and send it to me. Hallelujah. And I'll rejoice with you. But there's something beautiful about knowing that the Lord is at work. Hallelujah. You know... uh, in the book of Acts after uh, Pentecost, you know, the Apostle Paul, there's a situation where he didn't know where to go or what to do. Have you ever had a situation in your life like, what in the heck do I do now? Where do I go? What do I do? Do I move? Do I stay? Do I take a job? Don't take a job? What do I want to learn? What, you know, I was meeting with <laughs> some young people, you know, and they're trying to figure out their whole life, you know, and they're like 19. And so I'm... Um, <laughs> And, you know, and so I'm, I'm yakking with them just here in the last couple of days. And so talking with these young people about, you know, all the mystery of all these things. But Paul, he didn't know where to go. He didn't know what to do, but he had to believe God was working. I mean, God knocked him off the high horse and I gave him a vision. So just rest in the love of the Father. You know, if the Lord has opened your heart to believe in the finished work, all you got to do now in the mystery of God's love for you is believe He's still working and be confident. So what happened in Paul's uh, situation, you can see this recorded in Acts 16. He had, a, he had a vision. He had a dream, a vision. Remember he saw the man, the Macedonian call, come help us? Yes. 
And he said, hey, you know, he, he wakes up from the vision. He says, wow, that must be God speaking to me. Huh? So now he had a clue about what to do. He, didn't, he was clueless, and then God gave him a framework. It was a man in the vision, but when he got there, a man he didn't find. He found a woman. So sometimes in your vision, you know, it's to get you to move, but, but it always doesn't necessarily pan out perfectly. He met the woman. The woman Lydia was her name. You can read it all. It's in all in Acts chapter 16. And it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. But even then, he had all kinds of problems. He had to cast out the devil of people and from people. I mean, when you're walking in the love of the Father, you know, there's, there's, there's turbulence. Things always don't, you know, fit perfectly. And that's why sometimes for me, like I just explained to you, sometimes the will of God for me is just to shut my mouth because I don't know what I'm doing. In this, with this problem in, in, in Lebanon. I, I don't know what to say. Except God loves you. God's working. Thumbs up. Thank God for emojis. Thumbs up. All is well. Jesus is Lord. Well, we're under pressure. We're under pressure. We need it now. We got to do it now. Da, 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 da. God loves you. My phone will be detached for the next four weeks. If you call me again, no, I don't do that. But, but sometimes, you know, when you don't know what to say or do, you just have to rest yes. in the love of God in Christ for you and say, Jesus, I don't know how to pray, but Jesus, you're praying for me. You're, you finished the work and you sat down and you're seated at the right hand of the, and you're praying for me. And I have to have confidence in that. So think about Paul. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know what to do. He sees a vision of a man. He finds a woman. You know, the woman helps him. And then he, he makes a bunch of people mad. And, you know, he's got to cast the devil out of people. And all this happens. And the fruit of his ministry, he gets thrown in jail. Isn't that exciting? What a thrilling ministry. I want to sign up for a ministry like that where, where everybody hates my guts. You know, I, I actually have enough people that, you know, I'm not their favorite on their list. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. He's in jail. Now, this is all still in the same chapter. All in Acts chapter 16, from the vision to all these other things, meeting Lydia, you know, casting the devil out of the, 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 the all these things. And then he's in, he's in jail with a sidekick. How did he, how did he, how did he, how did he, work through the pain of his life. This can't be God, this absolute demonic activity in the community. You know know what he did? He just sat down with Silas and said, we're in jail. Isn't this cool? (laughs) Let's sing. The Bible said he sang praises in God. You know what sometimes when you do, you, 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 you ask Pastor Tom to send you a, a song or something. You record a church song. You, 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 you get something. You play some music and just sing. And say, the finished work keeps on working for me. The Bible said, well, let's look at it. This is Acts chapter 16, verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. I love that. You know, to me, to be honest with you, I mean, if I told you the truth about me, I don't, I don't handle hardship always that good. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, I can tell wonderful stories about the victory, but I don't want you to see all the moments before the victory happened because I, I, I really am not all that good. And if it was dependent on my faith, 
<laughs> it's dependent on the faithfulness of God to me. That's what I've learned in life. Because I break down. Man, I, 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 don't, have, I don't have perfect faith in pressure mode. I don't. So don't look at me like I do. I'm testifying I don't. But the faithfulness of Jesus holds me because I believe he loves me. He's doing a work. He's sanctified me. He's keeping me together. He's putting everything in place. He's working it out. And there's something comforting about it. So at midnight, Paul and Silas were, were, were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. Wow. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everybody's chains. Everybody's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seen the prison doors open. Some of the prisoners, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Man, the dude was ready to commit suicide. Paul called and said, hey, bro, yo, hang on. We're in here having a taco. All is well. No, he didn't say that. He said, hey, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And what did he do? You read the whole story. He talked about a finished work. The dude said, man, what do I got to do to experience this kind of life? Paul said, man, just believe. Just believe. Well, don't I got to jump through a lot of... No, just believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be saved and your household will be covered. Now, see, that's pretty astounding. The gift works beyond what your imagination thinks because your imagination will tweak. I always like that illustration in the Old Covenant on the Passover... When the blood was applied, you know, over the door and on the doorpost, everybody who was in the house was saved. Everybody in the house was saved, whether they're in faith or out of faith. If the blood was applied, everybody in the house was saved. I tell you, it's amazing to me, but I tell you, I hold on to promises like this. I hold on to promises like this, that God's gift, the finished work, is astonishing. And this is what Paul told him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's in verse 31. And you'll be saved. And your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him. And all were in his house. <laughs> kind of cool. And then they had a big meal. You know it's always good to have a meal now and then. Pastor Tom took me to a, a place for lunch. My goodness. Whew. Boy, that, you know, for a 60-year-old man, he sure eats a lot of food. Yeah. I, I never knew. I mean, I had self-control. You know what I mean? Men, true men of God have self-control. But I've, I've never seen such a level of carnality. Since the last time I ate with Pastor Mark. I, that was the last time. Paul said, I'm not leaving jail because I believe God's working. God's working. Look, it says real quick, Psalm 126, verses, uh, verse 1. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue was singing. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. You know, that's what I... I'm astonished so much. 
I'm astonished so much. I love the gift of God. It's indescribable. I can't describe it, but I know when it's working. It fixes, it delivers, it heals. It makes a way. And I'm like a, somebody who's dreaming. Like, can it be? I love it. I like it. I want some more of it. <laughs> Look at it says here. Philippians 1, verse 6. Being confident. Being confident. What are you confident of? Of this very thing. What is that? That he who began a good work will continue to work until the day of Christ Jesus. The finished work keeps on working. My salvation, my redemption is a done deal, but the manifestation of His grace, the manifestation of His glory, the manifestation of His good, it's keeping on working on my behalf. I believe it. God is at work. God is at work. This is my favorite thing to tell Heidi now. When we have our conversations and we're all worked up about something. God is at work. That's my final answer. I can't fix it. I can't solve it. God is working. When I get my, you know, all these pressures from people all over trying to fix everything. I submit a, send a smiley emoji. Laughing with tears. God is at work. He's working now. He's working now. He's working now. I believe it. I believe He is working now. I believe He's working in you now. He's working now. You don't have to have a heavy heart. If you feel like you're in a prison environment, have a melody, have a song, have a dance, do a jig, whatever. Listen, in the pain points of life, find a place... To believe that the finished work keeps on working. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 and 3. Write the vision, he says, Habakkuk says. Write the vision, make it plain. What are you writing? That, the, that, that God is at work. God keeps on working. Make it plain on the tablets. Tie this into chapter 1. Now in chapter 2, make the vision. That he can run that reads it. The vision's for an appointed time. <clears throat> By the end it will speak, it will not lie. It's beautiful. Always know God is working, and we live by faith. Habakkuk 2, 4, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. You and I live by the faith of Jesus. We live by the faith of God. We live by the truth of God's view of us in Christ that's pronounced in the new covenant. We live by the faith of the Lamb. We live by the faith of God. Listen, you and I don't have to always be uh, worked up, you know, about do I got enough faith? Listen, faith when you're beholding the Lamb and receiving the love of the Father, faith is ever present. You live by the faith of Jesus. I have God's view of me. That's what I believe. I believe the truth of God's opinion about me. Jesus is God's view of me. I mean Him. And this is where you finally can have peace. You don't, have to, you don't have to have such, sub, such a turbulence and, and fight constantly. We don't live by what the circumstances say. We live by what the faith of God says. Allow your faith 
to embrace His faith. Let that be your vision. All I do with the faith of Keith Hershey is I embrace the faith of God. That's all I do. I embrace the faith of God. I believe it. And I start telling myself that truth. God is at work. God is at work. God is working. Sovereignly, supernaturally, mysteriously. I don't care how it is. It's working. He's working. So we don't live by what circumstances. I bet you all have some circumstances speaking to you, don't you? I know, I know uh, your body says things, your mind says things. But we live by what the faith of God says. And my faith has embraced the faith of God. That's my vision for everything. Look at it says in Second Corinthians. You, you all still glad you're here? Hey, can I go just a few more minutes? Look at this real quick. Second Corinthians 4. Um, verse 7. But we have this treasure. What's the treasure? Christ in us. The gift. The gift. Christ in us. That's the treasure. We have the treasure in an earthen vessel, our, our, human, our human body, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Thank God it, He gets all the glory. And that's fine with me. But look at it, it says, even though you're loaded with life, it says, we are hard-pressed on every side. What a bummer. Yet, not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. For we who are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to that which is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing, knowing, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, 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 the unmerited favor and mercy and, and ability of God, all having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So do you feel pressed? Faith says, I'm not crushed. Faith says, I'm not crushed. I'm, I'm pressed in life. You're probably pressed in life. My faith says, I'm not crushed. Are you perplexed? Faith says, I'm not in despair. Persecuted faces, I am not forsaken. Knocked down faces, I am not destroyed. We believe. We believe and therefore we 